Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb. I'm here with Rick Stevenson, and we just completed the quarterfinals weekend for the age groups. Hello, Jason. Back for another week. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) How are you feeling? I'm sore. I I think anybody who was out there that did these can uh, say the same thing today, day after. I'm not I'm not sure if I've been this sore after a qualifier weekend in CrossFit history. My legs are are so incredibly sore and in very acute areas, specific areas of my quads from thrusters, my glutes from walking lunges, my hamstrings from uh, shuttle runs, right? Shuttle it's, runs it's for very days. sore. Oh, shuttle brutal. runs for <laughs> We'll get into this more, but I, I do have to say, I, we were talking about what we may see at the next stage if, you know, everything gets validated and it's all preliminary results now. But um, I really don't think they'll bring shuttle runs back. I could be wrong, but I think it would be crazy if they did that. I would give anything to not do those for a while. But what I find is generally, as I as I feel like a fairly pit, hu- fit human being, I think that I'm good at burpees and I think I'm good at shuttle runs until I'm tested. And then I realize I'm just no good at burpees and I'm really not that good at shuttle oh. runs because they they trash, they kill me. My heart rate on event number two, uh, three, whichever, we'll get three, to that. Yeah. But my heart rate went super high immediately. And because of those shuttle runs, it stayed high, higher than I wanted it to be the entire time. It was absolute mayhem is what I might call that workout. Well, it, but the soreness, I think the soreness comes about from a, from the intensity more than anything else, because there's nothing that we really did this weekend uh, that we don't train or practice for, but it's replicating the intensity. And I think that's why today, like my, I mean, my, my quads are just sort of the touch, uh, you know, all around. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's not much. I, I have a, uh, you know, um, a massage gun and that is just not getting out today. It's just too much. Oh yeah. It's just too, too my, my body doesn't need too that. Painful. Too painful. Hot showers are, <laughs> are in it for me. If I had a sauna, I would do that. But, uh, so quarterfinals were this weekend, uh, and the news and updates, some information we learned, uh, as those quarterfinals were released. And after it's all done, you got some data about the master's athletes that were able to do this. What was some of the data that you discovered? Uh, Main site today put up a nice chart for uh, both men and women. Uh, This was uh, for the, not who all participated this weekend, but it was the number of, of masters in the that are quarterfinal eligible. So that's really they all they could do is say, okay, how many that were eligible last year against how many in each division were eligible this year? They broke them out by age group, by female, by male, and the total brings to about a 14% increase year over year. And that just is a testament to how many more people signed up for the open uh, that then became uh, quarterfinal eligible. It'll be interesting if they roll out some stats, seeing how many people both male and female entered uh, well, all five scores and can co- contrast that. But then they broke it out even further. Um, they like to do this. The numbers aren't very large, though, so I'm almost wondering why they why they do it. How many past games athletes year over year, mm-hmm. um, uh, past Masters podiumers, uh, past Masters champions, uh, past games individuals. So you see it really broken out. Um, uh, by age group all the way down. And then what's interesting here is they say they give you the average age for each of the age groups of those participating. And as you would expect, it's within uh, it's within two years of each of the earliest age groups. So as you age through the age group, so say you're a, a female 35 to 39, 
the average age is 36.8 this year. Um, Interesting. So those ladies that are 38, 39, they're just, it, there's not enough of them to, uh, to bring, to, to bring the average up. They primarily, it's heavily skewed towards you turning that first age of the age group and maybe the next year after. That's to a T per age group for all males and females. Pretty interesting. Wow. That's really interesting. And that has, you know, guys like us thinking, what do we do in the latter part of our age groups? How do we approach that latter part? When I'm 48 and 49, what's the right path to choose there as a fairly successful athlete? Does it make sense to dial back, uh, retool, rebuild the engine a bit in order to hit 50 hard? Uh, or do you just carry the momentum? Like, I know that that's a perplexing question that I have for myself. I know you're still a year younger in your age group than I am, uh, but I know that that goes through your head sometimes, doesn't it? I think a lot of that comes down to the type of athlete that you are, too. And that that's a question that, you know, each person is going to have to answer themselves. There are unicorns in the sport that are able to be competitive in the latter half of their of their age group time. And then there are others where there was a Ben Bergeron podcast a number of years ago, but it's specifically geared to masters athletes. It's really worth a listen and how he frames the the four-year, five-year window of the the hyper-competitiveness of your first few years in the sport, uh, in the age group window. And then kind of dialing it back, working on things that you said like you would need to, that you were want to address, and then being ready to enjoy it again if you feel like competing and you're healthy enough to compete, to go at it hard as soon as you age up into the next uh, next window. So I'd encourage that listen too. It's a, it's a really good one. It's a great one. And that, it's stuck with me. It's probably one of those podcasts that just, when it came out, it was finally someone's talking about masters. And we, at least those of us that were really paying attention at the time, we gobbled that up and it just made mm -hmm. sense, this, this cycle. I thought that was really interesting. On the uh, standards side of things, uh, one of the things that I found interesting uh, for us is that the standards, I think, were pretty clear. I know that for me, before I do any of the events, I am studying as much as I can the workout standards, that entire document to make sure that I know that I know that I know that what I'm doing is what CrossFit wants me to do for this particular test. And this was the first year for me where I did quarterfinals with a larger group of people. I did it at Mayhem, and I'm historically used to doing it in my own gym or in my own space where it's just me. And so I can set up the space exactly the way that it's laid out. It's just absolutely, there's no deviation whatsoever. I'm not even taking leeway. If the picture has it this way, that's the way I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And at Mayhem, we I had to I had to navigate through different heats of people going. And so I was studying the standards very, very closely. And I didn't see anything in there that was really uh, ambiguous. I, I don't think no. there was no V ups having your feet together or what is a foot versus an ankle versus a toe. What do you have to touch? Uh, the only one I saw in there that was slightly unique was thumbs around the barbell on bench press, right. which is a curious one. I'm not sure what the purpose of that would be. When we're doing bar muscle-ups, they're not requiring us to have our thumbs around the bar on muscle-ups. Right. So if it's a safety thing, you know, there's that. But that I didn't see any other standards that were really uh, a deviation from anything that we've normally done. Did you see anything that was curious? For this weekend, I'll say no. But 
comma, only because we saw wall-facing handstand push-ups in the individuals. And that was, I think we all paid attention to that, and that garnered all kinds of attention and discussion and uproar. But it, you know, you couldn't cartwheel in and where your hands had to be placed and, and what constituted a good, you know, feet width and things like that. Because I think we were familiar enough with it, looks like they went copy-paste right into our uh, uh, tests that I don't think it surprised us. And then the rest of the things were, you know, we benched last year in, in semifinals. So the 40 inches was not a surprise and everybody knows how to shuttle run properly now. And a lot of other movements, uh, you know, you know what a bar muscle up is, you know what the standards are. Um, you right. know, it just, it, it was maybe, and we'll get into maybe how they put everything together was kind of curious at times, but uh, the move outside of the movements, outside of the wall facing handstand pushups, because we had just been exposed to it, nothing really surprised me. And at this point, we've seen some movement in the leaderboard uh, just a bit on, I know that you and I have both uh, had our workouts 2A and 2B videos cleared by CrossFit or approved by CrossFit. So we're quote unquote in the clear with at least two of our five scores. Right. That's always a good feeling when you get that email and you open it, you hold your breath for a second. You're like, oh, okay. Okay. Actually got, I got two separate approvals on workout 2A and 2B. So maybe two sets of eyes made sure. I, That's great. I have a friend who received the email three times and he, he was wondering, have you gotten those three too? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I only got one. So I'm sorry. I mean, they're being diligent, as diligent as possible on this. But I, I know uh, a couple of uh, people in the 40 to 44 year old age group. Uh, I don't know outside of that. I've just uh, been, I've, I've been paying attention to the scores. But I know that a couple have gotten big hits on box jumps. Uh, so that is one of those movements that they seem to be really looking at. Uh, and you know, I was a, I, I did the judges course this year because I was we were going to potentially be judging each other a little bit at Mayhem with the number of people that were there. So we had to have the judges courses done. And I did it Thursday uh, because, you know, why not mm-hmm. do it the day before it's due? And we did see box jumps there and, and box jumps are a, a slightly tougher standard to judge getting up on that box and extending the hips. But in the video, in the judging video, it was one of the ones where, you know, those infamous judging was where you have to count the no reps or count the good reps. And you do it with a team of people. How many reps did you see? How many reps did you see? And you average them together. Um, and then you finally get past that spot. But uh, I know that there were a couple of, of tremendous athletes that actually had their scores significantly penalized for not opening the hips on box jumps. Uh, Have you seen anything else out there yet? uh, I still early. uh, I was talking to a lady yesterday and she was letting me know that her uh, leaderboard was already moving around as evidenced by, you know, some, some penalties being assessed without penalties being revealed yet. So, you know, they're, they're looking at it. And I know that lady's age category. uh, I certainly know ours has been moving around. Um, there, I did see on the site today, they said uh, scores should be, the leaderboard should be finalized by the 14th of April, which is, uh, what is that, next Friday? It's a long yeah, time. It's a, it's a ways to go. Yes. So uh, we, yep. we've got some time. So expect a lot of uh, refreshing your emails until then. <laughs> refreshing emails and refreshing the leaderboard. I think that you and I are in a good spot. I, I also feel like, you know, I, I try to meet the movement standards as clear as day uh, within everything that I can and anything outside outside of that, I think is, is uh, out of our hands, but right. we do our best. This isn't our first rodeo, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, I, I think that we should, if it's time, should we talk about these workouts? Is it too soon? Is it too traumatic or is it time to work? Okay. I did mine. So uh, that's quite <laughs> <laughs> I still have, I still have mental scar tissue. Um, 
from almost all of them, honestly. So event one, when I saw that one was released, it was by far my favorite workout on paper. I have worked on walking lunges. So it had, uh, it had walking lunges with the bar, with the dumbbells at our side, uh, walking lunges with the dumbbells in the front right position, and then in the overhead position. And that was combined with 60 toes to bar cumulatively, 30 chest to bar altogether, and 10 bar muscle-ups. And I loved it. Individually, those movements are all really good for me. I've been working on lunges a lot, so I've improved that ability. That was I would say a weakness last year and toes to bar, chest to bar, muscle ups. Those are wheelhouse movements for me. So I was really excited to do event one. I didn't do it first. I will say that I did event two, A and two B first, but since we're just going to do this in order, I'm just going to say event one was a shock to the system. When I was warming up for it, I did a little mini practice round, maybe three or four of each movement. (laughs) My heart rate was through the roof from the warm up round. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, this is a push pull style workout. And obviously, we all know that it's a grippy workout. This is we're holding on to something the entire time. So I I was cognizant of that. I had a plan for how I was going to manage my grip. And I'll just say that, you know, after the fact, I I dropped the dumbbells at every 25 foot yep. segment. I'm glad, I set them down. I'm glad you said that. Around. Yep. Every time, same yep. thing. It, I don't think it was worth holding on to uh for the entirety of the of the 50 feet. Um I don't no, think you were going to pick for, up that for much us. time in a workout that no. had that long of a cap. I think that just made made sense. And then for me and I, I imagine for you when we were working our way through the toes to bar and then eventually the chest to bar. It was a, a right around the time that the chest to bar was happening where I felt my heart rate skyrocket. Mm-hmm. This was a surprise to me. I didn't expect it to be quite quite that high and then getting to the bar muscle ups. Wow. That was uh, a max effort bar muscle ups. Was that uh, your experience? If if you know me, uh, I don't have a lot of things that I do really well, but muscle ups, both ring and bar, are some things that I do excel at. There there aren't many, trust. But I think those were the ten hardest bar muscle ups I've done in a competition ever. I could not, I couldn't stand up, and then when I stood up, I couldn't do more than three at a time. I I thought I was wasting everything away by. I, and everybody's yelling at me and I know they wanted me to move. I just grip was gone and I had redlined at that point. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> there are just 10 of them. There's no excuse for that. But it was the combination. Took, it was the full, it was a totality of everything. Yeah. It just hit me. It really was. It was this cumulative effect. And that's the type of workout that it was that, and that's where I was a little bit surprised. I didn't expect to feel so terrible at those bar muscle ups. And I broke up my first set at five. I was planning maybe six and four, but I got to five. I was like, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And I was very concerned. And I really wanted to hit that last set of five. I didn't want the time to tick. I would say the last three bar muscle-ups were as hard of an effort as the max clean was if I had to touch and go three of those. I mean, it's like that kind of effort. Like, I don't want to slide. I don't want to fly off the bar. Like, I was worried I couldn't hold on. And I've never really flown off or dropped um, in an unsafe manner off a bar from a bar muscle up. But I was I was seriously concerned about that. That's ridiculous. That, that was a good test. It was, it was a, a gamble. Good test. It was, it's funny. It was, I think it was written poorly in that it looked like it was uh, half a page long to describe it. Mm. But it was mm. a good test. It, I, I think it was fair. Yeah, I, I absolutely misread it the first time I looked at it. I thought it was three sets of toes to bar, two sets of chest to bar, and two sets of muscle ups. Yeah. Uh, and that makes no sense. Like, the, 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 artistically, that makes no sense. But I read it that way. And then someone had to tell me, no, it's only one set of bar muscle ups. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, oh, that's great. That's going to be so easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, and right. it was 
Not, not at well all. Well done. Well done by and, CrossFit on that one. I'll give, well done, yes. We'll reserve judgment for some others, but yeah, I think that this one, they, they nailed that test. Out of the park. Doctor, out of the park. It was, I would say the overall theme of these workouts, to me, is that they were just a bit more challenging for a quarterfinals than I would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. I thought, I remember last year's quarterfinals were very challenging, I guess, but I don't remember having this this feeling of like, wow, these are really big hills to climb on every workout. But that was, that was my general feeling. Why don't you take event two? Okay. Walk us through that well, one. Well, event two, uh, the two-parter, 2A and 2B. So we knew it was going to be, since it was due uh, Saturday at noon Pacific or 3 Eastern, um, by the time you submitted those scores, you were going to have 60% of your sixty percent of your work done. It was an AMRAP uh, of, of six wall-facing handstand push-ups, which... I think it was a little bit of a surprise that we got them, but at least we'd been exposed to them. Uh, nine GHD sit-ups and uh, 12 box jumps to a high box, 30 inches for the men and 24 inches for the ladies. Uh, so uh, 10 minutes of 6, 9, 12, as fast as you could go back and forth. And then starting at 10 minutes to 15 minutes, you had five minutes to establish a uh, one rep max clean. Uh, you know, they... Uh, we're clear in the standards uh, on the clean. You could have a pit crew uh, changing your weights. Um, so that was good. Uh, we had already the standards laid out for the wall facing handstand pushups. So we knew what to expect. It was a matter of shoulder managing shoulder fatigue, which you managed a lot better than I did. Uh, and, but that, that, that one tripped up a lot of people on me. I think that's, you know, the shot's been fired by, by Adrian and in, in what he um, wants us to all consider. And that's just not in the open, but in almost, you know, all, almost all competitive athletes that that use this uh, uh, methodology as a sport, you know, be ready to be tested in various different ways. Um, and the GHDs, pretty straightforward standard there. And uh, box jumps, full hip extension. And I think they're, you, you talked about it, but the judging for the box jumps is this is similar for them judging the individual athletes on full hip extension for their front squats. Because if you look through the penalties that they released, a lot of them, and we talked about it last week, a lot of them were um, not reaching full hip extension. And they dinged a lot of athletes for that. So I, I fear that that's going to be for the box jumps there. But it was a, it was a quick 10 minutes. Uh, the way they had you set it up uh, with the various feet between each um, element. I was um, working right next to my training partner, who is in 35, 39 age category, and uh I, my capacity, I broke three and three on those handstand pushups each time. He did not. He took off like crazy. And it was, it was a blur. I was like, I have no idea what round I'm on. I don't know what round he's on. He's moving a hell of a lot faster than I am. And this is really frustrating. Uh, but uh, the, the got through it and the clean was, uh, the clean, I'm surprised, surprised myself a little bit. Um, I did not hit a PR, but it was a successful uh, picked up the bar with about five seconds remaining. We read the rules closely. As long as you had initiated the lift before time expired, uh, it was a good lift. Um, hit that clean pretty nicely, and I, I was I was happy with that overall. I do want to see that video. You offered that to, but uh, before mm-hmm. we started the show, did you squat clean it or did you power clean that last one? Oh, I squat clean uh, everyone but the first. Yeah, yep. I, I had to. I Makes had sense. to. I was so tired at that yep. point. But I like lifting heavy yeah, after a workout like that. I I like that too. And I find that it feels like across the board, there are PRs uh, that people hit when you do something so challenging beforehand. I think about 
the, the thruster work out in the open, I hit a PR on my mm -hmm. thruster, one rep, one rep max thruster, and that was after such a grueling event. So there must be something that's very interesting about the human body when we combine something like that. Also in a test where we're... It, it feels like it's life and death, so we're just going to give it all we got. Um, but I, I, I do like that. And I uh, I went into that AMRAP with the intention of, of moving quickly through transitions. For me, I'm decent. I have decent shoulder stamina, pretty confident in the wall-facing handstand push-ups. I wasn't sure how many rounds I was would be able to get through in the allotted time. I just wasn't sure how quickly the box jumps might fall apart. Was there any part of this that was just going to become really challenging? So I imagine I'd be somewhere in the six-round range. So that's going to be like 36 plus or minus handstand push-ups. I felt like with the GHD and the box jumps, I was going to get sufficient rest for the handstand push-ups for my own capacity. But uh, my focus was moving quickly with intent and purpose on the transitions, thinking about how many transitions there were from getting up on the handstands, coming down into the GHD, touching the pads, getting into that rhythm, getting out, up onto the box, then back. It was a, a lot of transitioning. If you were slow on transitions, you could lose yep. seconds, time. big time. The and I found when it was all said and done, it was a box jump workout for me. I was lit on these box jumps in tr trying to keep them moving at a fast pace. It's a tall box for me, a short, heavy guy. Uh, so I was just, it's just a very cardiovascular workout. I, box jumps lit me up on this thing. And, and you, I'm assuming you stepped down, you didn't rebound. Interesting. I, I had a plan to step down and then Rich Froning went uh, first. And so I watched his technique of a hop down, hop up, not a, not a strike and go, but it was a hop down and hop up. Uh, Rick, it's okay. It's just hop downs. I know you get angry. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I know that's your dog. I'm just teasing. Just teasing. Um, he, he does. He, uh, he, value, he values his Achilles like I value my Achilles. Very. He, I, I understand. And I'm not going to strike and go that ever uh, out of 30 inch box and probably not even out of 24 inch box anymore, especially with shuttle runs the next day. But I did hop off land and jump. And it was it was just a rhythm to it that I went with. Uh, but in doing that, as opposed to the step downs, I was definitely increasing the heart rate by moving. That's that the way. risk you yep. run when when you increase the cadence yes. of the box jumps. I, it just being a high box. 30 and 24, both males and females, that's, that's, that's a lot to, uh, to cycle faster. I, it was, and it took up obviously with the 12 reps of the box jumps, that was taking up more time than, um, uh, you thought it, well, that I thought going into it would. So it, every time it was almost a frustrating amount of time I, you know I, I get to six box jumps and just think man this is taking me forever to get through these i just want to get going but i can't go faster than this cadence without strike and go and i'm not going to do uh, that if you look at the numbers if if you made it through five rounds or more the irony i forgot who said this uh today i think i, I, think I read it somewhere that they they thought the irony was five rounds or more of this workout we ended up doing more handstand push-ups wall facing handstand push-ups than the individual athletes did. Now they had they had 21 right. at the end all together. Um and we had breaks in between, but the but there was a, a larger number, especially for some of those unnamed athletes who really got deep into this workout. Um there were mm -hmm. there that was a lot. Uh there, there was a lot of stress on the shoulders uh for for, for the really first time in being introduced in the competition. For age group athletes and thinking about event one and two so we have to do these two events in the first mm -hmm. day i mean the first two days this these have to get done and i would say that the lunges and you know holding that those dumbbells overhead which is the most taxing lunch walk of all 
if you did event one before event two, event one would definitely impact event two. But then if you did event two before event one, all of those handstand pushups could definitely affect your pushing strength overhead and even on, on the bar muscle. So it's a really interesting process. I, I'm the kind of guy that wants to get both of the tests done on the first day so that when I wake up the next morning, I could retest if there's something catastrophic. But, but I, I go to bed knowing that I've got two events done. And that's always my plan. And after I finished event 2A and 2B uh, that we kicked off on Friday late afternoon, I finished that up and I was pretty tired, pretty spent and just thought there's no way that I could do another event right now. So that means I've got to wake up tomorrow morning and hit event one, making sure that it gets done. It gets done correctly. I don't have to repeat it all within a specific time frame. And that's a little more anxiety producing for me. But I think looking back on it, it was a much better strategy. There was just no way that I was going to be done with this whole event by Saturday afternoon. So, and and thinking about event three and four, again, some people chose to do event three Saturday morning and then event one Saturday midday, just before the cutoff. I I saw that happen. And that was just not... Not something I wanted to do. So. We, we took Saturday. Right. But also the anxiety of oh. knowing get up Sunday morning. And we had no choice. The four mm-hmm. that we, went, yes. we had to execute. There, there was, <laughs> I still would like to be done. I've never been done a day prior in any of these uh, online formats. Maybe, maybe I've, <laughs> next time. I've always been uh, done a day prior. I've never done one the morning of. So we'll yeah. talk about event four because that was the high stress that was looming over us the entire time. Yeah. But to talk event about three, event three, three, all right. So event three, we've got shuttle uh. runs. Uh, and then, so let's move on to event four. I don't even want to talk about it. Start the, start the masters arguing and complaining about. Oh my God. Who... <laughs> Who I mean, I, I, I would like to have Boz yes. back on and I just want to say, listen, man, did you test this <laughs> yourself? Because only a crazy person would do. No, not really. I don't mean that. I think it was a I think it was a tremendously challenging test. The shuttle runs uh, going down and back 50 times. If that was just the buy in and then we had to do rope climb bench press, rope climb, and then done, that would have been challenging in and of itself. I would have been surprised at how challenging that was. But no, we finished it off with a buy-in or a buy-out of 50 shuttle runs. So it was 50 shuttle runs at the beginning, at the end, and in between, we had seven rope climbs, 15, 25 bench press at 185 pounds for men, 125 pounds for women, and seven rope climbs. So my experience was was this. It was uh, three, two, one, go. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, let's start running. And I could not find a rhythm for probably the first 15 or so uh, shuttle runs. I kept... I, I was turning so that I was facing the same direction. I didn't want to get dizzy. I wasn't spinning while I was doing it. But somehow, I was pivoting on my left leg only. Somehow. That's good. And hurt. I didn't realize that until I was... It was. My left leg was was letting me know that it was going to be dramatically overused. So I, I had to adjust and figure it out. But I, I just never really found a great rhythm. But I got through the 50... Okay, that that's fine. Got on the rope. I found strangely, and maybe it's the cumulative effect of event one with the lunges, event two with all the box jumps, maybe even the clean, the buy-in of fifty shuttle runs. But I had a hard time gripping my feet on the rope climbs, and I'm I'm really good at rope climbs, but I could not grip my feet very well 
for whatever reason. So I would say out of the total of 14 rope climbs altogether, I probably had to take, I'm typically a two pull person. I took three pulls probably five times. And every time I did, I just felt the clock ticking and my biceps turning into flames. Um, So those were the rope climbs. They weren't comfortable rope climbs for me at all. It was definitely doable. I found a pace. I kind of held a slow, steady pace on those. And on bench press, I've done a lot of bench press work over the last year since we saw that in our semifinals last year. My my uh, bench press was something like nine six. Uh, five five or nine six six four something like that. Uh, but it felt it felt good. Bench press was not my biggest concern. It was the fact that we had a hundred shuttle runs, and I was really nervous while I was doing them that the rest of the forty five to forty nine year old males were lapping me and lapping me and lapping me. I felt like a snail on those things. Uh, I got it done. It's a top twenty score, but I know that all of us on that were just just felt uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable. That was my experience. That I will say this last thing about event number three. I was dead. I, I laid on the ground. I would say that I was more spent and more beat and less recovered from event three than event four. Which event four is just the death of all workouts, but event three really put me into a a deep recovery deficit. The uh, how about the first ten shuttle runs the second time through? I death. I, I death. know I wasn't walking, and I watched my video, but it sure. <laughs> I'm like everybody kept yelling, "Okay, find your rhythm." You know, just kind of settle in. I'm like, <laughs> how much more settling in can I mean? I'm just kind of crawling along the first. Um, it's funny That's you said that about the rope climbs, but I felt on my second set of seven, the only thing saving me were my feet and my grip. I had mm. nothing left mm. to pull because the bench, unlike you. I broke the bench into smaller sets right out of the right out of the gate, and then I reduced myself to singles. I was like, "Oh, this is killing me!" But I had nothing to pull, so my 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 grip on the rope felt like okay. I could then you know shuffle up the rope a little bit better than if I were just relying on just kind of hanging there with that you know dead dead man's uh, pull that we've all uh, gone through. <laughs> yeah, um, it would that was you knew that was going to be the meat of the workout, even though fifty shuttle runs at the end was. Re- ridiculously boring and i i listen to my judge and he's like 21 22 and i'm like oh my god this is never going this this event is never going to end i am dying yep. here and i'm only on early 20s uh this at least when you got to 40 i was like okay try to pick up the pace now yes. okay the light is at the end of the tunnel but one through 40 took forever it was it was crazy it's reminiscent of a, a qualifier workout that we did in 2019 that was 80 bar facing burpees in a four mm-hmm. eight row yep. yep that was the age group qualifier that year and that when you were when you're doing 80 bar facing burpees you're so hopeless until you get to like yeah. 70 yes. and then oh okay we're about there and then you get on a rower and it was almost like the second set of shuttle runs you got on the rower and you were pulling and you just couldn't believe how tired you were and you have four thousand meters not a 1k not a 2k you got 4k to go that was that was an ugly event too oh so i you know they they threw out this test and you know i i do love running i mean i i love running i love running events i don't love pivoting 200 times in a run that's the only way you can test it in an online environment that's that's it you know it doesn't yep. matter if it's at the games or uh, legends, you know, where there were runners or any of the other, you know, masters fitness collective. We ran outside. Um, you will be tested on, in an in-person event nowadays with some type of running. It's just it's expected. You could be carrying heavy objects. Um, you, you could it could be a sprint 
or it could be a long distance. Um, I think he yep. just wants it to trickle down and the running is such a, a key component of your fitness. How do we best fit that into a video screen? And unfortunately, you know, we all have to pivot yep. way too many times. Well, there's the other elements of this shuttle run where we're running briefly in the shuttle run. It's a, it's a brief mm-hmm. run. And then there's a pivot, uh, the turn, which is, which is part of kind of having some agility and balance. Touching the floor has us folding down to the ground and then having to have a unilateral push off of a leg. I, I, I think that shuttle runs are an incredible tool for fitness. I'm not saying I like them or I approve of them in no. any way, but I get the fitness element of it. And they, they do require us to be careful and be smart and warm up really well. I mean, a lot of a lot of Achilles tendons can get snapped on shuttle runs, but uh, yeah, it it put us into a position where you could anybody can do ten shuttle runs, anybody can do ten mm-hmm. burpees, but when you do a hundred shuttle runs, it's really testing your entire capacity for movement. Just like a hundred burpees is a true test of actual capacity. I, I I respect the workout. I respect the way it was put together. It was incredibly yeah, it was boring. Ridiculously boring. Yeah, but I <laughs> I, I I'm okay with. I'm okay with boring. Like, I don't care. I, I don't want to do it, right. but I I don't care if I'm bored. There's other workouts that I do that are super boring. Like, zone two training is probably the most boring type of training that I do. Uh, and it's, it's training. Right. It's not competing. Um, and, I, and I'm and i always on my phone or listening to a podcast. If the shuttle runs would have been better if I had a this podcast, if I had our podcast on, <laughs> the shuttle runs would have been great. So <laughs> uh, if you are out there, if, you, if you'd like to test this workout, uh, you know, make sure you get the shuttle runs done before we're done with we this podcast. We encourage you to do that. Yes. All right, Rick, we encourage it. We, uh, we, we, uh, this this uh, episode is sponsored by event number three from the <laughs> right. age group quarterfinals. Uh, four. All right, event four. We, we, we Tell were, us about we were... it close uh i think a lot of people guessed this one i I ended up going with the overhead squats but the rep scheme we did get uh repeat of open workout 15.5 if you've been in crossfit for that many years you remember it uh most uh end of open workouts involved some type of thruster this was no different it was 27 21 15 9 calories on the rower and thrusters, 95 for the men, 65 for the women. Uh, we watched, you know, Matt Frazier go head to head with, was that Alex Anderson, I think, back in the day? Uh, and they, mm-hmm. 519 and 530 something. And to watch them roll around on the floor afterwards, you knew, oh boy, this is, I, I remember this one. My time was obviously nowhere near that, but it hurt. I'm still feeling the pain. Um, I, I chose to break the thrusters up. I just know myself as an athlete, my capacity. I think you did not. Is that right? You did not break Correct. the thrusters up and, you know, that uh, hats off there. Um, this was, it was uh, the easiest one to set up and the, I think the easiest one to film. Uh, there was less time we spent yes. goofing around trying to figure out where everything should be and where should everybody be standing. Uh, you know, it was simple. It was sharp. It was effective. Um, and I'm glad it was a way that we finished that way rather than finishing with event three, which was just that slog of, you know, almost 20 minutes of, yeah. So this was a good way to end the, end the qualifier, I believe. I agree. It, waking up Sunday morning, I had that dread in the pit of my stomach, just a deep sense of, oh God, I have to mm-hmm. do this today. The deadline is looming. I can't not do it. I have to do it. And I remember doing it in 2015. I was 13 or 14 months into CrossFit. I recorded all of my open workouts, you know, in case HQ wanted me to submit a video at the time for qualification. <laughs> uh, I yeah. took it all. I yeah, took absolutely. it so seriously. Absolutely. Even on the second year, it was 
Uh, so I did release a YouTube video today that has this, the workouts side by side 2015 and 2023, which is it's super entertaining for me. And I thought I would share that with the world to see, uh, you know, an old guy going up against another older guy, much older version of myself. Um, and, uh, you know, this this workout, I remember it being terrible. I remember writhing on the ground back in the day, just just being in so much pain. And then Sunday morning, I met Mayhem watching Rich Froning do it again. And his dread was evident and clear and he did it i i know exactly what his time was from the first time because i watched it the night before on youtube so i saw him do it again i saw him have a very similar post workout response in his body uh, it was really an honor to be able to be there and to give him a high five after the fact like i, I get to give rich froning a high five after this workout this is such a such a legacy right there which was really really special uh by the way, as a side note, I was teasing him a little bit through the weekend as he was a rookie as a Masters competitor. This was his rookie year you as a Masters. Experience on so you. welcome. In that quarterfinals. Welcome to the age groups, Mr. Froning. So we had some fun with that. Uh, but then, I mean, I see him do it and I'm next. I'm in the next heat. It's time to just get on there and go. And I mean, it really, I warmed up really well. I had that deep sense of concern about how this was going to feel. And it wasn't as bad. I The painting that I had in my head, the picture I had, the, the absolute atomic disaster of a uh, that I felt like I was going to feel. I mean, it was really hard, but I laid on the ground. I didn't even bother trying to get up. There's no reason to recover. I just laid there and then just rolled over to my stomach. And I think there's four or five of us just laying there for about uh, 15 minutes just chatting and then packed up, uploaded videos, and we were done. But I did approach the workout from two perspectives. I thought I, I certainly could have dropped the barbell. Or I can rest a bar overhead and actually find a little bit of recovery. So what I chose to do mentally in this workout is play a mental game with myself. And it was 27 calories on the rower. That's that. Get off. And I'm going to go uh, 10, 9, 8 on the thrusters. And on the 10th thruster, I'm going to give myself one breath. So I held it overhead, took a breath, and then I did nine thrusters, took a breath, and I did eight thrusters, <laughs> dropped it on on the rower. I did the same thing on the set of 21, which is an eight, seven, six count. And again, if we were to break up something, I really like the descending rep scheme of eight, seven, six. Anytime I can break something up like that, but I, I allowed myself a one second pause overhead to take one breath. And it, it gave me something to look forward to in every set. And on the 15, I had a, a temptation to go all 15, but I was, I was dying. So I did take a breath at eight. I looked, I actually, I think I went all the way till nine and took the breath and then I did six. And it's just this mental game that gave me the, the capacity to hang in there and and push my way through many many goals through that workout kept that barbell in my hands and it cost me you know two seconds on the first set or two seconds on the second set one second on the set of 15s and on the nines i just went for broke uh so yeah that cost me seconds but I think I, I got, think I got second in the world in my age group on that workout. But for me to take a workout that had such an insurmountable uh, mountain climb to get through it, I just felt I was I was I was severely anxious. Not severely, but I I was very anxious. I'll say I was very anxious heading into it. But when I put that plan together in my head with these mini goals, it allowed my brain to have some target to go after. And uh, you know that's not that's that's not a strategy that's going to work for everyone because. It is a capacity issue, and it makes sense to stay within your capacity. I knew that I had the capacity to do these. I'm good at thrusters. I've got the capacity for 72 thrusters or however many it was. But 
uh, yeah, I just, so it worked. It worked. Your I finished, brakes yeah. were, as you said, just a second or two. Or so for two seconds on the um, on the yep. set of twenty seven, as opposed to I, mm-hmm. you know, I broke it three times, but I dropped the bar. And so what is that? You right. know, you go back and do the math. I can count that on the video. How many? How many? You know, that's twenty seconds between, or something like that. And that over, right. yeah. One one thousand, two one thousand, not mm-hmm. that different um, overall. Right. I, I was holding. I, I actually yeah. was off after twenty seven calories a lot faster than we all thought we were going to be. Uh, again, I was chasing two two fast fit guys, so I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I, I had to. Now I know you put your video side by side. Uh, <laughs> you're a eight years ago. And yesterday, I ended up tying myself down to the second, if you can believe that. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know, I don't know what amazing. to think of myself. That's ridiculous. Either, uh, you know, a steady state or something like that, or I was tied. <laughs> I've, got, I've not gotten one second fast than I did back in. Well, you you also, you've you've gotten eight years older slower. and not one look, second okay, slower. Glass half so let's, we can say okay, it that but way. I'll also say, I just looked, yep. you're up, you're uh, 2015 up. You were one second faster than me both both instances you're 905 oh my goodness oh yeah. i gotta go back to the drawing board oh heck oh well <laughs> hey that was fun it was it was a well that uh, yeah and the legs didn't feel as bad yesterday as they certainly do today and i think that's always the case so sure. it, it was a good weekend overall it's fun to be able to compete yep. i'm glad that we were able to share that with so many friends around the community at mayhem at Black Flag Athletics, and then mm-hmm. uh, with texts back and forth, to, you know the the men and women that we uh, share this experience with. It was it was truly a rewarding weekend. It had its ups and downs, believe me. Sure did, and it, it was really enjoyable to share that experience with uh, all the Masters athletes that that registered and did it and those that didn't register and still did the work just to see what the tests would be like. So um, congratulations to everyone that did that. Yeah. That we've earned a couple of rest days or light movement, light days. movement yep. days, which is really you nice for, for those of us that uh, are moving on. And again, nothing's final, but uh, the semifinals are what is next on the calendar for masters athletes here. And registration will be will start on April 17th uh, with all of the video review done and finalized by April 14th. Uh, we can finish that registration by April 28th. Like last year, they're going to release the workouts early. So April 24th is a Monday, I believe. And the workouts and the floor plans will be released at 2 p.m. Central Time, noon Pacific. That'll be fun. We'll definitely have an episode around that time. We'll have episodes, episodes between now and then, but we'll have the workouts and the floor plans in front of us to be able to do our podcast that week prior Very to starting this thing. So the the uh, workouts are, are released, and I imagine they don't have this detail in here, but it says that the uh, score submission window opens April 28th at 2 p.m. I imagine they'll give us yes. that password. It's similar to what they did last year. They released a, a verbal password you had to say in the video or write it down. So we can actually start – we could try the workouts earlier than the week, or we could practice the movements – which is just a, a great way to do it. I love that that system. We've got the submission window between Thursday the 28th, Friday the 29th. Uh, then the scores will be revealed that afternoon. That's for workouts one and two. Workouts three and four uh, go from April 29th to April 30th. And that's that. It looks like there's one, two, three, four workouts according to the website right now. There may be five scores, but there's four workouts. And we're going to do this again very, very, very soon uh, at least 30, top 30 in each one of these age groups will be doing another round of qualification. All the pressure. <laughs> so we'll see. How is your confidence, you know, just on a, on a, on a, just stepping back, you know, thinking about 
before we go into our tips of the week, as you finish quarterfinals, where's where's your confidence? What would, what did the quarterfinals do for you momentum wise as you potentially and likely move towards semifinals? Still coming together with my thoughts on that, to be honest with you. I, I knew yep. it, certainly it's going yep. to be a difficult year. They always are. Uh, I the they didn't throw anything at me this past weekend that uh, I wasn't able to complete. It was a matter of how fast could I get it done? And I think mm-hmm. that might be if I'm fortunate enough to be able to compete in semis, if the v- videos get validated and we move on, um, that's something that I'll still be um, trying to address. Um, and again, I'm not worried about the other, uh, if we get there, the other 29 men that'll be uh, up against, it's going to be how much can I, you know, where's my capacity and uh, you know, where, how much can I push? Uh, because, you know, really this is, mm-hmm. this is for everything to, to, you know, to advance to the next stage. Um, there, you know, unless you throw a, uh, super heavy clean and jerk, like they did at the individual quarterfinals, which I just don't have the capacity to do that, which a lot of, a lot of men my age wouldn't, um, there, there isn't, there aren't things that stop me dead in my tracks. It's just a, a matter of getting it, getting the work done. So, you know, always something to work on mm-hmm. in this sport. We've talked about this in the past episodes too. Um, this, this next four weeks are no different. How about you? That's correct. It, it's, it's, yeah, the next four weeks are a process of uh, staying safe, staying healthy, practicing uh, movements, uh, perfecting things as much as I can. Uh, I'm not going to get tremendously stronger. So it's not a time to do some quick strength cycle to get stronger uh, or, or faster, but it will be maintaining a high level of fitness with the idea of peaking at semifinals again. Um, it's the games. This is it. This is our, this is our qualifier. And it's always a super high stress time thinking between now and semifinals about staying healthy, staying injury free, taking care of myself, managing sleep, nutrition, all of the things so that when semifinals come, I'm ready. And I, I'm looking good in quarterfinals now. Uh, again, nothing is official. And that gives me a, a bump in confidence, you know, going into this age group, this is my third year in this age group. And every year I'm going to be pressed by this upcoming batch of, of younger athletes that, that come into the age group. And that creates more pressure. And uh, I like pressure, it, but it doesn't make me less nervous. So I'm nervous and I uh, will look to just continually do what I do really well, uh, which is train hard, be consistent, and ideally just stay healthy and injury free so that by the end of the month, um, I'd love to punch a ticket. It'd be awesome. And I'm going either way. I already, I already have an RV gotcha. site booked at the game. <laughs> so I'm either going as a competitor or I'm going as a fan. Uh, either way I'm there and I'm gonna have a great time, but I prefer to be a competitor. So, uh, yeah, it's just like you. I think there's just this careful consideration of, yes, I, I, I hope I could get there. I hope I've got what it takes. And, um, there's, there's things that we can control, which is, in our training, all of that, things we can't control, which is what gets released on April 24th. We won't know until then. And then that entire week, we should just block it off. There's no way I can do anything else that week. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no. I mean, not really. There's plenty of things to do. Three, three well, weeks from uh, today. Let's, let's... From the recording. That's hard oh, to Oh, my God. Three weeks. That is just it's just so fast. Okay. Picks of the week. Rick, uh, I will I think I went last. I don't know what who went well, first last time, but I'll let you go no. first uh, this time, even though we, we know we, what they we are. Know go what ahead. They are, and that's because you uh, uh, updated your part of the sheet before I did. But we had the exact same. I think we've alluded to <laughs> how sore our legs are through throughout this episode so far. So my pick of the week is uh, 
uh, the products by Rapid Reboot, which is a, uh, a rival to Normatech. So we'll, we'll let uh, somebody say something about Normatech here in a minute. But I had the Rapid Reboot. I only own the, the legs part of, of the system. And I had those on um, after each night and after each day of competition. And I will put them on again tonight uh, just for some, some relief. I think they're, they travel with me wherever I go. And anytime I'm competing, um, they're invaluable. And either, I think either brand you can't go wrong with. Uh, so it's funny we have the same idea, but I think it's out of necessity this week. It is. Yep. I will second that. So you use the Rapid Reboot system. I use the Normatech compression system. Uh, they are very similar in uh, their technology and in what they do and how good they feel from a recovery standpoint and probably very similar in their efficacy. So the Normatech compression system, I own the legs, the hips, the shoulders, and honestly, I only use the legs. I just, that's the thing I go to. And I spent hours in those things this weekend, hours and hours uh, on Friday night. I, you know, even after the box jumps in the clean, the Normatech was key uh, essential ingredients right there. And then after the shuttle runs, wow, I wanted to get into the Normatech immediately and flush out those legs. And even yesterday, it was all said and done. And I didn't even want to walk to go get the Normatech, but I knew that they would provide uh, some recovery. But yep, the Normatech and the Rabbit Reboot system, if you haven't tried them, my here was the thing. I didn't try them for years, Rick, years and years and years. And then finally, a, a friend of mine was like, well, I'll j just borrow mine for a week. And I was like, I knew, I knew if I tried them, I would like them. I just knew it. And I tried them. And within 10 minutes of trying those things on, I had ordered my pair online, which is a little insane, but um, they really are uh, uh, a part of the toolkit, you know, so highly recommended. I think you, you recommended as much as I, I know that at the games last year, every night of competition, you would come over to the RV, we'd kick our feet up, and we would have compression pants, the pants on. That's the, 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 the recovery pants. <laughs> that, that's, that's how you share a night. That's ridiculous. Yep. But yeah, you know, it's what you do for recovery. And we know uh, everybody has a different way of, of recovering, whether it's uh, uh, you know, having a, a PT person on call, which I don't, but you know, you, you watch those videos and certainly the individual athletes do, but it just shows you how important recovery is to be able to, to go back out the next day without that residual soreness uh, that we're all feeling. And especially as we get older, I'll tell you, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's tremendous. Uh, if you can recover faster than your competitors, I think that's a great advantage. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oftentimes, the things we do outside of the Correct. gym that have the biggest impact on what what the adaptations that happen in the gym. Well, Rick, thank you. What a fun episode to do. Uh, we could talk about the quarterfinals forever, but quickly and soon enough, we'll be talking about semifinals. We'll have a couple of episodes between now and then, which I'm also very excited about. Uh, until next time, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Masters in Motion podcast. If you found this episode to be helpful, we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment, like many of you have already done and leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our masters community until next time get bolder not older